are doing all right. I hope you are surviving this season. Um, I am losing the season of allergies uh, so far, so bear with me if I, if I have to cough. Um, I'll try to suppress the, the mic as much as possible. But we are in our final week of our series, um, When Life Gives You Whatever It Is. And when we have been looking through the life of Joseph, and, and we've kind of reacted and kind of talked about a bunch of different things that have happened in his life. It started with Joseph um, hearing a dream or receiving a dream from, from God, and he being obedient, sharing that information. It seemed to be good information with his family, um, but he had already been in not great standings with his family because he was the firstborn of his dad's second marriage. So all of the sons of the first marriage didn't really like him because uh, his dad really found favor in him because it was kind of like a new life uh, for his dad, having another set of kids uh, on, his second, on his second wife. So whenever he shared this dream with, him, with them, it was kind of more frustrating for his brothers. So they sold him into slavery. And then uh, after that, he got sold to uh, a, a person that was high up in Egypt, and he was placed in charge of everything under this guy. This guy, Potiphar, said that everything you are in charge of, everything outside of my household. Um, but, but what ended up happening was his wife found favor amongst Joseph and tried to seduce him in two different ways. And whenever that happened, Joseph uh, stayed faithful and obedient to what God calls him to do, which that is not his wife, to get away from that situation, and Potiphar's wife lied about it. And because of that, he ended up uh, being thrown into jail with two other people that we talked about last week um, that had been thrown into jail because of things that they did. And during that time, during that time, we talked about how Joseph had to wait for a minimum of two years before God did anything with him. And even though it was, it was said over and over again that God was with Joseph in every single one of these situations, and he always got put in a position of power no matter what situation he was in. But at the end of Drew's, Drew's sermon last week, we talked about how for a long time he waited. And he stayed faithful and obedient. And after a while, he got put back into power, being second in command of all of Egypt. The reason was because uh, Pharaoh had a dream. And we know through his situation that he was very good at interpreting dreams. And Pharaoh put out this plea that if anybody could interpret this dream, they would be second in command of all of Egypt. And, and uh, Joseph, in that moment, decided to be faithful and obedient to God's gifting of him. And he interpreted that dream and ended up saving all of Egypt in that situation. He's back to where he was. But the most stories of the Bible don't always end up this way. Most, most stories in the Bible don't end up with the person coming right back to where they started. But here's the main point for today that I want to talk about. The main point is this, restoring is in the DNA of God. So here's where we take place in our story. We're in Genesis 42, 1 through 8. When, when Jacob learned, this is Joseph's father, learned that there was grain in Egypt... He said to his son, why do you just keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. 
Then ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, his younger brother, with the others, because he was afraid that, that harm might come to him. So Israel, Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain. For there was a famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all the people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces on the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. It seems that the story is starting to get messy once again. For the past seven years, Joseph has been in charge and he's been placed in making sure that this famine that was going to come would not harm the entire Egyptian land. That they were supposed to store up grain for years and years and years to make sure whenever this famine started that the people who needed food that did not store up, that did not know this famine was coming, they could provide for the people of the land. And that's what Joseph was supposed to do. And it seemed like life was starting to feel a little normal for Joseph. That he was placed in a position of power. That he saw that God put him in this place to make sure that the Israelites, God's chosen people, were not going to die off. And he saw that. But what do you do when you are re- reunited with something in the, from the past? What do you do when you think you've moved on from something to, or someone and suddenly it pops back up in your life and you're trying to figure it out? See, many people run their entire life in hopes that things from their past, certain things from their past never pop up again. That they don't, run in, they don't want to run into their past self again. Or they are running from some sort of memories, so they just keep running and running, hoping that they're in a good situation and nothing messes it up. We do need to remember the big part of this story, the overarching theme of the Bible of the Old Testament, is that during the story, God's goal was to preserve the Israelites, the Jewish people, Because he promised the Messiah, Jesus, that was going to come out of those people groups. That Jesus is going to come from from these Israelites people. So So they made sure, God made sure that these people could not die. So he used Joseph and his his tools and, and his faithfulness to make sure that this famine did not wipe out an entire generation. Because he had a plan from the beginning to make sure that the Messiah was coming. But the one of the many things that I love about God is that, yes, he always preserves and he always makes sure the overarching theme and the overall goal is going to happen in our life. But there's always interruptions in the story that shows the heart of who God is. God has already saved the Israelite people. There is a future because God gave a path through the dreams to save people from the land. But you see this interruption, and for me, that's irritating. The reason is, it's like when you're watching a really good movie, 
And it's coming to the end of the movie. You look at your watch. It's been an hour and a half. And you know, like, it's coming to an end. And things are going really well. The, the, the climax has already happened. The, the problem has already uh, been solved. And they're going towards whatever you think is good and happy thoughts in this movie. And then all of a sudden, with ten minutes left, the bad guy pops back up. And it just messes with you. One, you might think, man, this movie's only halfway over. We got another hour and a half to go. I got things to do. Or you were already heavily invested in this movie, and you're like, man, this is going to end the way that I want it to. I'm going to feel the emotions I want to. But then the bad guy pops back up. In this story with Joseph, it's the exact same way. This whole time, you really start to feel good about his situation. You know, he's been placed at the top from where he from, from where he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be in charge. He's supposed to be the one that saves everyone. Everyone's supposed to bow down to him so that he can lead his people and survive for the generations to come. That is supposed to happen, and we see that. And you, and you, and you start to feel for him when he gets sold into slavery, when he gets taken out of slavery and he gets put second to man, command, and you kind of feel like, man, this is going in the right direction. And then he gets knocked back down and gets thrown into jail. And then he had to wait two years because the person who was supposed to tell everybody about his great gift forgets about him, and he gets stuck in jail for two more years. And he stays faithful and obedient, and then he gets put in the top of, of everything of Egypt. And he's the hero of the story. And God uses his gift to help so many people. And you're finally, like, and you're finally feeling in this story like, finally, it's starting to end. All the bad things in his life can end and he can just kind of fade off until the next story of the next generation of what's going on. And then the issue from the very beginning pops back up. And you're like, come on, man. That's how I see this story. But I think God does it on purpose because you see the character of the main person in this story. That you see the heart of God in this story. Not just him being faithful to what he said at the very beginning, but you see something that is designed in the core of our DNA being designed by him through the irritations of the Bible. And this is how Joseph responds to the situation of seeing his brothers. When his brothers approach, they immediately do not recognize him, but he recognizes them. And we have to understand that he's been living in this situation, this, this Egypt place for a long time, and he is able to speak Egyptian, and these uh, Israelites do not speak that. So he immediately is able to, to talk through a communicator, and they do not recognize their brother. And all of a sudden, this, this, this nightmare that happened at the age of 17 immediately pops into his mind from, the very, from, from that point on. So what he does is he questions his brothers. And he, says, he asks if they are spies and trying to just ruin this whole situation of trying to save the Egyptian people. And it says, and they say, no, we're not. We're just trying to buy food for our family. So what Joseph does is he throws them in prison for three days. And he waits. And then eventually he goes and he, he talks to them. And he says to them that he wants them to go back to their father and bring back their youngest brother, who did not make the trip, Benjamin. And whenever this happens, Reuben, one of the brothers, says, didn't I tell you not to sin against that boy? But you wouldn't listen to me. 
Now we must give an, an, an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand everything since he was using an interpreter. And whenever they get back to their, their father, it says this, my silver has been returned. This is what Jacob said. He said to his brothers, here it is in my sack. And their hearts sank and they turned to each other, trembling, saying this, what is this that God has done to us? Now I want to have a time out for this story for just a second. That phrase, what has God done to me, what has God done to us, has been a a phrase that I've heard a long time in my life. It's a phrase that I've said in my life in uncertainty. And it's a phrase that many of you have said to me in uncertainty over over the past years. Some of you guys I've known for longer than that. I've heard this phrase, what is God doing to me in this moment? That phrase. Although you get, you get frustrated in that moment when you don't see the end goal of what God is trying to do in your life. This is a great example that what we're supposed to be is faithful and obedient in every situation. Don't give up on, on because something is going wrong, but be faithful and stay obedient. In this story, we see that just a slight irritation for the brothers that they're just going to take care of their family, but everything gets derailed, and they have no idea why, and they think it's the end for them. But in the reality, we see a bigger picture at the end. So in our life, if you're in a situation and you say, what is God trying to do to me? I encourage you to stay faithful and obedient, just as we see in the story. So back to our story. That was a little side note. See, the, bro- the brothers brought back Benjamin to Egypt to, to Joseph. And when Joseph uh, got there, his brother, he revealed himself to his brother. And he clothed him and he, he fed him food. And he was excited to see his younger brother once again he hadn't seen in so long. And then over time, uh, they, they told the servants to fill the brothers, the ten brothers' bags with as much food as possible. Whatever they want, just clothe them and feed them. But what they did not know is that Joseph hid a silver cup in the bag. And the brothers thought, man, we're, just, we're going to be able to go back. We're going to be able to save our family. We're going to be able to get past this season of famine. And as they were leaving, Joseph sent some guards to check the bags to see if they stole anything. And what they realized when they opened the bag was that a silver cup had been taken from the kingdom. And we know that that is not good. At this point, they could have been removed completely, been thrown into jail forever. They could have had their entire families killed because of the sins against the kingdom. But this is what Joseph did. So when, in Genesis 45, 1 through 5, it says, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before his attendants, being frustrated that his brother stole this cup. And he, and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one, no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And Pharaoh's ha- household heard him. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. 
Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified of his presence. When Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God had sent me ahead of you. God's will was shown. He saved the people. And he uses Joseph's gift to do so. Though all, through all the heartache, through being sold into slavery, through being obedient to God, and he was put in a compromising situation, he still was faithful and obedient. And it said God was with him. Then he was thrown into jail and he was faithful and obedient and it said God was with him. And then he had the opportunity to use his gifts and he was placed in second in command of all of Egypt. And it said God was with him and he was faithful and obedient. I love the ending of this story because it shows faithfulness and obedience. It shows something else that matters so much more as well. That when life gives you either, when life gives you frustrating things, When you lose somebody in your life, maybe when you lose your job, or somebody does something to you that compromises your situation and your whole life changes, maybe you did something in your life and your whole life changed. Maybe you just have no idea what the future is, something ended in your life and you're like, I don't know what's next. Do what Joseph did and stay faithful and obedient to what God says. I love this story because not only was faithfulness and obedience shown, there was something that was shown that I think matters so much more. This story shows love at the end. At the beginning of the story, we see that his brothers sold him into slavery. It was a collective agreement of all ten brothers to sell him into slavery. And years later, going through crazy story, many people would have given up in that situation being knocked down time after time again. But when he, was, when he was in the place that, in the position that God wanted him to be, his brothers showed up once again. What would, you, what would you have done? He could have done whatever he wanted. He could have killed his brothers. He could have thrown them in jail. He could have removed them. He could have been like, no, you can't get grain. I hope you guys survived this famine. Good luck. But what he did... What he, he showed love through forgiveness. Let me tell you something. This is the heart of God. That restoring is in the DNA of who God is. We know this because we have the story of God's son, the Messiah, that finally comes. The entire reason the Israelites needed to be preserved in the first place and the story of Joseph happened in the first place was because of the Messiah, and we have that story. And it says this in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
And he showed it again in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. God had the right to do whatever he wanted. God had the right to remove all of us because we sinned against him. But instead, just like this story, he decided to show love through forgiveness and sacrifice. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. I'm not sure where your heart is today. We've been going through four weeks of Joseph, and I'm not sure at what point you are in this story. But I know that life has given a lot to a lot of you over the years. Especially this past year, I know a lot of your stories. That it's not easy, and I just want to to show that, yes, Satan loves to not only just make it difficult for us, but whenever we're all the way down in the dump, Satan just loves to kick you when you're down. If I could encourage you with something today, I'd encourage you to to do your best to stick it out, to stay faithful, to do your your best to be obedient in every situation, that when you're on the edge and you feel like you can't stay faithful and you can't stay obedient anymore, remember that God is with you the same way that God was with Joseph. I know this because of these scriptures and these stories that we read every single week, that when life gives you garbage, we, we tend to look inwardly. We try to take control. We, try, we become impatient. And we try to get what's ours in every situation. But I encourage you to make sure that you stay faithful and obedient. And I love this phrase in the story that was said over and over again. It says, but God was with Joseph. That no matter what's going on in your life, whether you're in a waiting period, you're waiting for God to tell you what's next. Maybe your life just got flipped upside down. You're like, man, what am I supposed to do? Maybe you're at the, the top and you feel like the top, but you have some things that you, you see that are going to pop back up in your life, potentially. I love this phrase because it says God was with Joseph. And I believe that God will be with you in every circumstance. And when you feel like you can't go anymore, you can't be faithful, you can't be obedient anymore, God will be with you. We know this because in Acts 2.38 it says this, that Peter said to the people, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have that ability too. God is with us in and out of season. In the valleys and the mountaintops, I believe our God is bigger than the things that, we th- that are accomplishing in this life. I believe God is bigger than our biggest struggles. I, <clears throat> I believe God is bigger than anything in this life. That no matter what's going on, our God is great. And he promises he will never leave us. God, I pray in this moment that through this story of Joseph, that we see the heart of you, 
that we see your faithfulness and your promise through your people to make sure that your people prosper and make sure they survive. And we, and we see that with us today because you promised us that we were going to be the hands and feet of your son. That we have the ability to share our testimony and it means something. That you put our, you put our trust in us on this earth as we put our trust in you. God, I know so many different people are going through frustrating situations in their life. That things are tough. But you promise that you are bigger than everything. God, I pray that we see that today. That we see that through this story. That God, you are with us. And I pray that we are faithful and obedient through that. God, you are so good. And I ask this all in your son's name. Amen.